0: Welcome to the podcast, From Crisis to Connection. I'm Jeff Stewart, Licensed Marriage and Family Therapist, and I'll be bringing the professional perspective. I'm Jody Stewart, unlicensed wife, mother, daughter, sister, friend, and neighbor, and I'll be bringing the regular, everyday perspective. We are all about relationship recovery, and we'll tackle tough topics like infidelity, abuse, addiction, pornography, and betrayal trauma. We also focus on helping you build stronger connections in your most important relationships. So thanks for joining us. We're glad you're here. Welcome back, everyone. It's great to be with you every single week. I'm going to fly solo today. I've got some thoughts I want to share with you about a topic that I think gets pretty confusing for a lot of folks working through the recovery process, rebuilding trust, trying to heal from betrayal and We'll jump into that in just a minute here, but I first wanna tell you about a video course you can download called The First Steps to Rebuilding Trust. And this is available using a link in the show notes. It's a video course that I put together to answer some of the basic questions around rebuilding trust. And there's a lot of confusion and chaos in those early days and weeks. And even if you've been in this process for quite some time, there's a lot you can learn. And sometimes it's good to go back and review and make sure you've done a thorough job. So whether you're the one that broke the trust, you're the one that is betrayed, or you're just trying to figure out how to strengthen your relationship, I think you'll find a lot of great resources in this course. Again, click on the link in the show notes, and I'll send it to you immediately. A lot of times in the recovery process, words can get used that I think can be harmful. They can be confusing. They can actually frame things in a way that creates more suffering. And... At the same time, if these words are understood and used correctly, they can create healing. They can create hope and connection. I want to introduce a couple of these words in this episode today. Worthiness, trust. A lot of the times, there's a lot of suffering around the idea of worthiness. In my faith tradition, especially for folks that are coming from a spiritual, religious background, words like worthiness get used a lot to talk about things that are probably more related to trust. So, for example, in my faith tradition, the word worthiness really means trust. It's not talking about your worth and value as a human being. It's about whether or not you are qualified or that you are prepared or that you have built enough trust and consistency and done certain things to be able to, let's say, perform a certain ordinance in the church or to participate in certain religious rites or ceremonies. And because of that, a lot of the times the word worthiness is used, it can create a lot of shame. It can create a lot of feelings of inadequacy that go beyond just feeling left out or regretful or sad that you can't be a part of something you want to. It can tap even deeper into something, wondering if you even have any value as a human being or if you're even loved or worthy of love. And I think that can create a lot of suffering. In fact, I see it create a lot of suffering when it's misunderstood. And then this translates over a lot of the times into couples work where a couple will be trying to heal. And let's say that the person who broke the trust is deemed unworthy in a church or religious context, and they can start to feel like their partner may see them as unworthy of love. And this can even extend into, well, I don't feel comfortable being close to you. I don't feel comfortable being sexually intimate with you. I don't feel comfortable sharing or opening up or staying in the same room or house with you. And then that can even create a deeper sense of unworthiness. Like I'm not worthy of love. I'm not worthy of touch. I don't have any value. I am someone who is not able to receive that. Or again, using that same word worthy. And that's a lot of suffering. That's a lot of pain if you really believe at the core that you are an individual who doesn't deserve that. When really in a lot of these cases, we're talking about trust. We're talking about being qualified or capable, which is very different than your core worth and value as a human being. I think it creates a lot of suffering and I wanna help undo that by just speaking as clearly as I can and separating out what we're really talking about with these things. So let me back up and let's just talk about definitions here for a minute. So first of all, trust is about behavior. Trust is about patterns. Trust is about demonstrating a certain amount of competency. It's about displaying your values. It's displaying your beliefs. It's displaying who you are in terms of how you show up in the world, how you interact, what you say, what you can be counted on, those kinds of things. That's trust. Trustworthy people have value. Untrustworthy people still have value. I'll say it a different way. Trustworthy people have worth. Untrustworthy people still have worth. Our worth, our value as a human being does not change based on our trustworthiness. This might be challenging to some people. You might hear that and say, well, when I'm not trustworthy, I get treated like I'm less valuable. I get treated like I'm less worthy of receiving love. Okay. I can get there with you in the sense of that's the experience. The experience is I haven't earned the right to be touched. I haven't earned the right by from this person's eyes to be trusted in that way. And in that sense, yes, you are not worthy of the trust. You are not worthy or qualified or haven't demonstrated a certain level of qualifications or consistency or whatever behavior to receive those things. This is not about worthiness and value as a human being. And this is where it's critical when you're doing your own personal recovery work to keep those things super clear. Because if you don't, a lot of the times they can be used as a way of creating smoke screens, of creating drama, of manipulating, of playing with the other person's emotions for example of saying things back to your partner if you're listening to this and you're someone who's broken trust and you hijack the word worthiness and you say well i guess i'm just not worthy of of love then right because you won't touch me or you won't sleep with me or or live with me and that really messes with a betrayed partner's own humanity it messes with their own sense of being a good person themselves because what they're going to think is well I mean, I'm not putting your worth and value on trial. I just don't feel like you're worthy of, or you haven't earned, which is what they're trying to say, the right to have me get close to you or trust you or whatever it may be. And so this word worthiness, a lot of the times can be used intentionally. And I believe even unintentionally as a way to try and get someone to do something. So I think it's important to, to smoke this out, to really understand what are you talking about? When you're talking about worthiness, be very clear about whether you're talking about trust or worth and value as a human being. A lot of the times we talk about this and get confused on the language. I've been working with betrayed partners for more than two decades, day in and day out in my office. And I honestly can't think of very many examples, if any, where a betrayed partner really thought that the person that hurt them at the core had no value or worth as a human being. Now, they might, in a moment of anger, call names or say things that are rude, et cetera. But when you really come down to it, they don't believe that. That's not even on trial. Every single one of them would agree that that person's not necessarily worthy of their trust or their closeness, et cetera. But this belief that the person that hurt them has no value as a human being, I don't hear that. I don't see that. It's not something that partners are telling me or experiencing, but there is something that I think gets missed a lot, which is betrayed partners, in fact, see the value of the other person so much that it actually causes them pain to not be able to trust. This is often very shocking for the person who broke the trust. It's very shocking for them to learn or to hear that it's actually painful for the betrayed partner to not be able to respond to the worth and value they see in that person, to offer them comfort. To give them reassurance, to let them know that they want to be close to them. This is a really painful thing for a lot of betrayed partners. Now, of course, there are certain cases where there are so many safety issues, or there's it's just it's almost like a no-brainer that they're like, oh, I'm definitely not gonna get close to that person, and there's no dilemma inside of me around that. But in most cases, there's a sense of I wanna to respond to this person. They're my person, or I I'm sad that I can't be there for them. I wanna just emphasize that. If you are struggling with this concept of my partner doesn't think I'm worthy as a human being, if you want to ask them, if you want to say, so when you don't want to get close to me or when you're not wanting to touch me or be whatever, close to me, live with me, whatever the boundary may be, does this have to do with me not being worthy of love and belonging or have value as a human being? Or is it that I just haven't earned the right and that you don't trust me? I'm not a betting man, but I would bet that pretty much most, if not all the responses are going to be, well, let's that I don't trust you. I'm not putting your worth and value on trial. And if you're the person that's recovering and healing and trying to, or you're the person that broke the trust and you're trying to recover that trust back, if you make it about your worthiness, you will end up creating a smokescreen that will make you a very unsafe person for your betrayed partner. Because essentially you're telling them that they're saying something that they're not, and it's going to confuse things. And it's going to derail the process. If you can stay grounded in the fact that you're not a trustworthy person, that you've lost the trust, and that you can also rebuild that trust, maybe not with them. I don't know. Every case is different. But that you have the capacity to become a trustworthy person, then you don't get into this totally pointless argument around your worth and value as a human being. The reason it's a pointless argument is because nobody can put your worth and value on trial. Nobody can. It's fixed. You as a human being have worth and value. It's built in from birth. Some would say before birth, depending on your religious tradition, but it's built in. It's fixed. Nobody can take it from you because nobody gave it to you. Trust is earned. Someone gave you their trust. You took it away. So now you have to do things to restore it back. Hopefully you can see the difference with that. Those are so different. And getting those straight will create way less suffering for you and for your partner. Okay, so if you're struggling with feeling like you're worthless, if you're struggling with feeling like you're not a good person and that you are just buried in your own shame and you're not worthy of love or touch or belonging or connection, I want you to be able to spend time with people that can affirm your worth and value, that don't have trust issues with you. That's a great place to start. It can be a bridge trying to get that from your partner when they're untrusting of you will sometimes send signals that make it hard to see that you still have worth and value. And they shouldn't have to cross their own lines of trusting you or extending closeness or anything over to you just in an effort to help you feel like you're a good person. Now, some might be able to do that. Some might be able to reassure you and say, you know what, I don't trust you, but I still think you're a good person at the core. I think you have worth and value. Some might be able to say that. That can be hard for others. I think you have to take responsibility. If you're the person who broke the trust, you have to take responsibility for establishing and maintaining your own view of your own worth and value. Me personally, I get that from my connection with God. I'm a practicing Christian. I absolutely get that deep connection, that sense of worth and value from my own connection with God. I'll go into nature. I'll go into sacred places. I'll read scriptures. I'll pray. I'll meditate. I'll connect to humanity, I will have a deep sense that I have worth and value no matter what anybody says or believes about me, including my wife, including my children, including my parents or anybody I'm close to. I have to be deeply anchored in that truth no matter what happens. At the same time, of course, I'm like you, vulnerable to what the people I love think about me and how they treat me. And so you have to do some personal work and recognize and have compassion for their experiences. And that's probably another 10 episodes of a podcast to talk about all those things. but. I am responsible for my own connection to my own worth and value as a human being. And likewise, I am responsible for the level of trust I create with those around me. The level of trust I create and how worthy I am of their trust is something I can do something about. I can control that. I can give it. I can take it away. The worthiness isn't up for debate. I'm not having that conversation with anybody else about whether I'm worth anything. I might in a moment of my own shame or my own you know, personal drama or emotional immaturity want to you know engage in that conversation, but I'm telling you, that's just a big smoke screen. Because if I'm honest with myself, I know that that's really not up for debate. So if you're struggling with your own sense of worth and value, that's shame work, that's spiritual work, that's deep personal work around getting clear on that. The work around rebuilding trust and showing up in the world as a trustworthy person is also a process that's more behavioral. That's more about actions and about patterns. And there's a lot that goes into that process. I've written courses on this. I've taught a lot about it. It's something that I'm personally committed to in my own life as well, to become a trustworthy, a more trustworthy person in my relationships. And it's something we all have to take responsibility for because we can influence that. I hope you can keep them separate and keep them clear. It will make your recovery journey a lot smoother as you understand those differences so that you don't end up in conversations that aren't actually supportive of what you're trying to do. Thanks so much for listening. It's great to be with you. I love connecting with you every single week on this podcast. Make sure to check out the free course download in the show notes. You can click on the link there and I'll send it to you right away to give you more support and resources in this uh, recovery journey that you're doing. Have a great week, everyone. I'll catch you in the next episode.